For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with a kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome listeners to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I alternate the show with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Pissarro, trying to bring you a lot of interesting and good information all about you and your health. Now, the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. That's myvillagegreen.com. And this is a reminder that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via the website and the store on Cedar Lane. They carry superior supplements from many manufacturers, including their own Pathway products. Now, we are here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., so please tune in next Sunday for Kevin's interview on nutrition. Now, today our guest is Dr. Stephanie Seneff. She's Senior Research Scientist at MIT's Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Recently, she focuses on the role of toxic chemicals and micronutrient deficiencies in health and disease. And we're going to talk about that today. Our subject is a broad subject, the root causes of today's health crises. So welcome to the show, Dr. Seneff. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. And uh, I know you've authored over 30 peer-reviewed journal papers in the past few years on the topics that we're going to discuss. Can you give us an overview of your education, which is very interesting, from electrical engineering and computer science to where you are now? Uh, yes, I started off uh, at MIT. I've been at MIT all my life, uh, and I began as an undergraduate many years ago. I majored in biology. I graduated and then spent about 10 years working in computers. So I got a job in computers at a time to get a job in those skills. And I preferred this computer kind of activity over the biology kind of activity, which involved working in the lab and things like that. I liked to sort of being able to write code and make things happen. And I eventually went back and got a PhD in computer science and electrical engineering, along with a master's and a degree in between. So uh, I have all my education in MIT, and I've worked at MIT, as I said, all my life. Spent most of that career developing uh, spoken dialogue systems for computers, pre- precursors of Siri and Amazon Echo, if you're familiar with those products. Yes. Um, we were developing the early, early stages of those dialogue interaction systems with speech recognition and dialogue modeling. So very interesting, actually, work. We did some work off of um, developing computer-aided tools for teaching a second language, specifically I worked on teaching Chinese to an English-speaking person through games, through computer games, which was really fun. But about 10 years ago, I got really worried about autism, and I was very much involved in the um, computer games at that time and really enjoying it. But when I saw the what I perceived as a pending crisis with autism, 10 years ago, I saw the exponential growth, and I felt frustrated that it didn't look like the researchers were focusing on the environmental aspects. They were seemed to be all the research money was going into gen- genetics. And I will agree that genetics is 
that is related, it's related to genetics. There are many, many, many genetic factors that have some role in influencing the likelihood of a child will get autism. But the real game is the environment. And I wanted to find out what it was in the environment that was causing the epidemic. That was my mission. Um, and that's what I've been doing ever since then, really. Uh, I've also been interested in other diseases, particularly heart disease and Alzheimer's, which I think is very similar to autism. It's sort of an adult, an elderly version of autism, in my opinion. Very so interesting. So I got very interested in this and went back to biology at that point. Well, good for you. And uh, we I don't know if I coined this term, so I really may not be able to claim it, but environmental modification of gene expression and it really it, it really speaks to every condition, whether we're talking about simple illnesses, complex illnesses, and the Alzheimer's, uh, dementias, heart disease, autism. It applies to all of those, and I'm so glad to hear you mention the importance of this. So uh, talk to us about the root causes and about your books as well. I think this is very interesting. Uh, yes. And so it's interesting. Uh, about um, well, around 2012-2013 time frame, my husband took a sabbatical. He's a professor at MIT. He took a sabbatical in Taiwan. So I went with him for part of that of his time there. And when I was there, I, I was in a hotel room all day long, and I worked. You know, I worked remotely. But I ended up sort of learning about all these things that were happening uh, while I was there and, and sort of um, meeting to vent. And so I ended up writing a novel. I, I sort of every week a chapter came out while I was there. And so after about a year and a half, I uh, finished the novel and let it sit on my computer for several years. So it's only just come out this year. The novel uh, is called Cindy and Erica's Obsession. And then it has a sub subtitle that involves the uh, quest for the... the Diseases in, um, that are you know that going up dramatically in the U.S. So it mentions autism and Alzheimer's and heart disease um, and ALS, I believe. That's a you know, it's a big long subtitle that talks about what it's about. And the novel is actually very scientific. So I sort of used the mechanism of the novel to develop uh, to express my ideas that I was working out while I was in Taiwan, as I was reading all the research literature and trying to figure out these diseases. And then having Cindy write up what I figured out in her blog post, which, which appears throughout the novel. So she's busy writing blog posts in her, in her spare time on these topics of interest to her as she figures them out. And one of the things that I really got into while I was there was the vaccine issue. And uh, that one really quite consumed me at that time. So that's a major part of the novel. I also got into statin drugs, which I was very concerned about, and I still am. I think statin drugs are causing the elderly in this country to age faster. And, it, you know, we're putting so many people on statins as soon as they have cholesterol dipping below some level that's perfectly fine, in my opinion. And it's not really um, it's not really fixing the heart disease problem, but it's certainly causing a huge list of other problems. And it wasn't until quite late in the novel that I, I didn't discover glyphosate. Glyphosate is the active ingredient in Roundup. Roundup is a pervasive herbicide that's all over the food supply. And uh, so the novel was written as I, in real time as I was learning. So it's really, to me, it's sort of a reflection of me. Cindy's the protagonist in the novel who's writing all these blog posts and struggling to figure these things out. And she has a friend who has a child with autism. So the, the characters kind of develop along those lines. And um, the uh, it wasn't until quite late in writing the novel that I discovered glyphosate. And it, for me, it was like an uh, epiphany, really an epiphany. Um, it, it was, uh, I went to a, a conference where Professor Don Huber was giving a 
two-hour presentation. It was the first, really, that I had heard the word glyphosate. I didn't know what it was when I walked into the room. And after the two-hour presentation, I committed myself to that one molecule. I said, I've got to look more into this. And the more I looked, the more worried I got. And so at this point right now, I think it's the star of the problem. I think glyphosate is the most important toxic chemical in our environment today. And everybody else is sort of playing second fiddle to glyphosate. That's how I feel right now. Well, that you've made a lot of interesting connections. And I'm reminded of a book that was written about two to three decades ago called The Cholesterol Myth. And I'm also reminded that the Institute of Medicine in the last year and a half came out and said all the advice they had given on avoiding eggs, fats, cholesterol, uh, salt, they were wrong. And yes. I I love this, that they have finally come out, but I'm horrified how long it took because my handouts have talked about this for over 40 years when I tell patients that monitoring cholesterol in the diet does not have anything to do with heart disease, nor do eggs, and salt is, is regulated by homeostasis. So I'm glad to see that they have looked at the studies and found that those studies in the past were jimmied. They yes. and and it's not that researchers were were evil or had ill intention. They had a narrative, they had a belief, they had a hypothesis that they believed. And anything that didn't match that wasn't reported. And now it is required that researchers reveal all their data. That was a surprise to me. I didn't really grasp that researchers could hide their data or not talk about the outliers. So I'm delighted to hear what you've been doing and also your message on the statins. Let's get into the importance of cholesterol, because in autism, which you mentioned, there's a subset of children who have extremely low cholesterol levels. And when we give them a commercial product that has a concentration of cholesterol, the symptoms that we associate with autism will decrease. So we know the brain is made of cholesterol. I think 65% of the dry weight of the brain is cholesterol. Talk to us more about that, could you? Absolutely. In fact, the book goes into that at great length. And one of the messages of the book is eat fat and cholesterol is good for you. And actually, she talks a lot about how cholesterol is good for you and all the things it does for the body. And that's, of course, connected to the statin drugs, but also connected to the autism. So she actually, the book starts out with her wondering whether her friend's low-fat diet might have contributed to her friend's son's autism. You know, it's sort of the very beginning of the book. So Cindy is sort of promoting um, a lifestyle that involves um, high-fat, high-saturated fat, high-animal fat, you know, uh, healthy eggs and seafood uh, as being a healthy diet. And, um, and of course, she... She uh, gets some plaque from that, but um, then the uh, so cholesterol. Actually, what I zeroed in on early on when I first started doing my research ten years ago was cholesterol sulfate, and that, that I really somehow singled out that molecule, and that has become still to this day my belief is that cholesterol sulfate deficiency is a key driver behind all modern diseases, both autism and heart disease, as well as a whole bunch of other things in between, are all driven by a cholesterol sulfate deficiency problem. And um, so I've done a lot of research on the on cholesterol and sulfate and the 
way that sulfate is used by the body to transport a lot of really important nutrients, both the, uh, the sterols, the cholesterol and vitamin D and all the sex hormones, all of those are sulfated when they're shipped out and when they're, when they're transported, as well as all the neurotransmitters uh, like um, serotonin and melatonin and dopamine, uh, epinephrine, and, um, and even thyroid hormone. They're all sulfated when they're shipped out, which is really, really interesting to me. And, um, and this comes across in the book, too, is this idea that I was forming at that time and that I still believe in, um, that the sulfation is not just, it's important in order to be able to transport it because it increases its solubility. And that's what, so you can just throw cholesterol sulfate out into the blood, no problem, whereas cholesterol has to be sandwiched inside one of those different particles like HDL and LDL that everybody obsesses on. You know, those things carry cholesterol around. But cholesterol sulfate doesn't have to be carried. It can just be put out into the blood. And, in fact, it goes into the membranes of everything it sees and protects them from assault by uh, things like sugar and oxygen. So um, the, the lipid particles, LDL, actually end up with cholesterol sulfate in their membrane. And the sulfate sticks out into the water and solubilizes it and also builds a shield around it by structuring the water that's around it. So it's really, really fascinating science. Um, autism is associated with a cholesterol sulfate deficiency problem. Cholesterol sulfate is very rarely studied. That's another interesting thing about it. People sort of know it's around in the blood, and they know it's in pretty high levels. It's it's comparable to DHEA sulfate, which is also important, and which is also uh, a thorough, just like cholesterol, DHEA sulfate. Uh, Both of those are really important for delivering both the sterols and the sulfate to all the tissues. Well, you you have described this elegantly and it i'm glad to see you're able to explain that science um and i think we're getting a lot out of it dr jill james who's an expert on glutathione talks about sulfation and uh she's involved in autism research but also many other uh conditions including cancer and i'm reminded that sulfation is part of detoxification. And if we're not getting rid of our toxins, we're in trouble. So we're going to carry this conversation forward. For those who have just tuned in, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. And we're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back after this break. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. FitFood provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. 
All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apocalypse. Old Man Winter is on the way, but you can weather the storm by taking advantage of Village Green Apothecary's gear and sale. Now through the end of the year, you can save 35% off Pathway Nutrition products, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Stock up on supplements to fight colds and flu, and pick up some healthy living gifts for your friends and family, too. Visit Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, or online at myvillagegreen.com, or call us at 301-530-0800. Our big year-end sale will blow you away. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of the Essentials of Healthy Living here on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, alternating the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro, and we're here every Sunday morning at 10 AM. Now, today, our guest is Dr. Stephanie Seneff. She's Senior Research Scientist at MIT's Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And she's focusing on the role of toxic chemicals and micronutrient deficiencies in health and disease. So we're talking about root causes of many of today's increasing health conditions. So let's keep this conversation going, Dr. Seneff. Okay. Uh, where would you like to go? Well, we were, we, we were talking about um, cholesterol. Sulfation for, yes. Yeah, for detox, which is interesting with respect to mercury because sulfate is essentially the, essential for mercury detoxification and, um, and mercury depletes sulfate for that reason. And another thing is that vitamin D deficiency leads to sulfate wasting through the kidneys, so you become sulfate deficient through vitamin D deficiency as well. And these are uh, epidemics. I mean, vitamin D deficiency is epidemic today, um, you know, in our, in our society. And that, I think, is due to the disruption of its activation in the liver by glyphosate. So that's one of the ways in which glyphosate uh, hurts your health. Yes, yes. It, it certainly does. Let's talk about the importance of cholesterol because it has been identified as a villain for way too yes. many decades without the science to back that right. opinion up. And that's just not my opinion or your opinion. That's the opinion of the Institute of Medicine who just came right. on board with that information, I believe, 40 to 50 years too late. But at least mm -hmm. they have ventured out and said, 
all the recommendations we gave before were wrong. One of the committee members said, we're really not going to tell people this, are we? And they said, we have no choice. We can't we can't right. validate those studies. They were invalid. So why is important? Why is cholesterol important to us? You know, I liken cholesterol to uh, chlorophyll in plants. I feel like cholesterol is to animals as chlorophyll is to plants. The chlorophyll, of course, is what makes plants able to turn energy light into food. And uh Cholesterol is what allows humans and, and, and other animals to turn light into energy that supports mobility and a nervous system. So animals are distinguished by, from plants by virtue of having a nervous system, having a brain, having muscles, being able to move around. These are things plants can't do. And we depend on the cholesterol in our cells to be able to do that. I think the cholesterol is essential for that. And so um, to say that it's uh, bad for you is just absolutely lunatic. You know? And I thought that from the get-go. As soon as I understood what statin drugs do. I knew that statin drugs were bad, and I never felt anyone, you know, I really don't think anyone should take a statin drug. I think of them as a toxin because they disrupt the liver's ability to synthesize cholesterol, and that is so, you know, it, it really cripples the body. It and does. And causes it, accelerated aging. It does, and, and the statins are antagonists to the most important molecule in the body, coenzyme Q10, and right. the heart is the muscle that suffers first from statin damage. I call it statin-induced cardiomyopathy, and it is so common and not recognized. And what happens is as people's hearts become less efficient, more statin is given. Um, I'm so glad to hear you talk about this and... Uh, I don't know how much the data on statins has been skewed. Uh, do you know anything Absolutely. about that? Well, and actually, there are many papers on statins showing the damage that they do in so many different dimensions. And this also comes out in the, in the novel. And in fact, you know, Cindy was very interested in statins. And uh, her, um, she was interested in heart disease was one of the things she was studying. And she had, you know, there was a person, a friend, a relative who was on statins and having trouble with it, part of the storyline. But um, Cindy's husband was a uh, computer scientist who was analyzing, and it's something I did, is to analyze uh, statin drug side effect reports. I was doing that at the same time as Cindy's husband, Steve, was doing that in the book. And he sort of took a whole bunch of papers, which I had done, that were on statin drugs, and threw them at the computer and let the computer number crunch on them to find the words that were salient, words that stood out compared to the frequency of those words in in something that's called the Google Unigram, which is the Unigram distribution of the words in on the web. You know, so there's this you can get this information about how frequent words occur. If a word shows much more frequently in your data set than it does on the web, that word is salient within the data set and you can get the key words. And so he did this study in the book and I did it in real life at the same time, uh, of these uh statin uh toxic so these were papers that were on toxicity of statin of various sorts. And, and at the top of the list came a whole bunch of different names of statin drugs like Lipitor, and that's expected, and the word statin, those were all highly salient. But there was another word up there called atrogen, A-T-R-O-G-I-N, I believe it is, atrogen, um, that was among the top ten. It stood out because it was there with all these sort of names of statin drugs that you would expect, and there was this word atrogen, and I was like, what is this? You know, I didn't know what the word was. It was in my database. But it was way out of whack in terms of its frequency compared to its frequency in the general web. So I looked it up and found out that it was a muscle. It's a protein that's expressed by the muscles when they're under stress, when they're being 
clobbered. You know, they're, they're under stress. They're being killed. They, they release this action. It actually induces muscle wasting. So it basically causes the muscle to die because the muscle is kind of giving up because things are so hopeless, you know? And yes. statins were associated with this word. And I was like, oh, my God. And, of course, muscle wasting, you know, people uh, on statins constantly report muscle aches and pains, muscle weakness. Um, you know, they're, uh, they're clobbering your muscles. And as you say, they're clobbering your heart. And so Cindy gets into this in the book where um, the statins are protecting you from a heart attack while they're causing heart failure, which is a much worse condition. You can end up in bed for years, unable, practically unable to get out of bed because your heart has failed. You know, and you get this congestion, and it's just miserable—a miserable life. Well, in the in the in the statin literature, they do not claim that they reduce death rates. They claim they right, reduce they no, they reduce deaths from heart attacks, but they increase deaths from suicides and bleeding strokes because the cholesterol, right. as you know, are the bricks in the cell membrane. And Absolutely. the suicide aspect is that serotonin is dependent on cholesterol. Yes, it's so interesting. Isn't it? Of course, serotonin deficiency, serotonin mismanagement is also connected to autism. And I'm still trying to figure that one out as well. Serotonin is another really interesting molecule that I've looked at. But the, um, the cholesterol is so uh, fascinating. And that does causing heart failure. And actually, you know, they don't. Uh, in many of the studies, they do not decrease death by heart attack. They only decrease frequency of heart attack. There's a big difference because you can get a lot of little bitty heart attacks that hardly even matter. You know, you just have a, many of the heart attacks don't end up with permanent damage. People don't realize that. They count every little bitty heart attack, even the ones you didn't feel. They sort of measure something and you go out and enzyme and they say, oh, you had a heart attack. And you didn't even know you had it. Oh, well, that one counts. You know, so they're counting all these little bitty heart attacks. Uh, statins, I think, prevent those from happening because they mess up the signaling process involved in that heart, heart attack. And I, and in the book, uh, Cindy argues, and I agree with this, that a heart attack actually has a positive purpose. And it's extremely fascinating to me. And I've written papers, actually, since then about this topic. Um, and it involves a sulfate that the heart, um, is, is, the heart stores cholesterol in its uh, arteries so that it's ready to become cholesterol sulfate when sulfate becomes available. And the problem is the sulfate deficiency problem. So once the sulfate is available... The heart, the artery wall gets very busy to make cholesterol sulfate and ship it out to the heart. And the cholesterol sulfate is essential to protect the heart from heart failure. And this is all written up in the book. This as is well as in several papers I've written. Fascinating and new information. And I, I really enjoy it when we get new pieces of information. Uh, let's talk about vitamin D, cholesterol sulfate, and what about the tanning beds? I know that you've talked yeah. about that in the books too. Right, and I, I'm, I'm ambivalent about that. I don't know enough, to be honest with you, as far as the whole issue of getting, uh, you know, because you can get skin cancer from um, tanning beds, and uh, and that's a risk. Uh, to what extent uh, does, you know, there's always a risk-benefit uh, trade-off that you're looking at in anything you choose to do. I would definitely encourage people to get as much sunlight exposure as they can in the winter, even though the winter uh, sun doesn't have a lot of UV, because UV is the one that causes the cancer, but it's also the one that activates the vitamin D. So, but the winter has uh, a good light. The infrared light is also important for the circulation, and this is part of what I think is talked about in the book as well. There's all, the, the, the blue light, the infrared, and the UV light are all involved, in my opinion, in making cholesterol sulfate in the skin. And so you need the whole full-spectrum light to do the job, 
and you need to be out in the sunlight to really make it work really well. And so I am a very much a sun worshiper. That's why I'm here in Hawaii right now. Every winter I go, I escape to Hawaii, which is you know, unfortunate that I can afford to do that. And um, I get a lot of sun uh, all year round. And I try to maintain, um, you know, very uh, work at getting outside uh, whenever I can. I always, and, and also I've started taking off my glasses. I used to wear glasses. Uh, about maybe eight years ago, I started taking them off when I went outside. It's not sunglasses, just regular glasses, prescription glasses. Took them off when I, every time I went outside. Eventually, I started just not wearing them at all. So now I pretty much go without my glasses unless I have any situation where I really need them. And um, and I think it's really, really important to be outside in the sun with the eyes exposed to the full sunlight. And I think that's going to protect you both from autism, by the way, for the children, and also from Alzheimer's disease and other uh, issues with the brain because the eyes the pineal gland sits behind the eyes and it produces sulfate by day in exposure to sunlight. And then when it makes melatonin in the evening, it ships it out into the cerebral spinal fluid as uh, melatonin sulfate. It delivers melatonin sulfate to the cerebral spinal fluid and therefore to the neurons in the brain. They say, thank you very much for that sulfate. We can really use that in order to clear the garbage. So when you sleep, uh, your cells clear the garbage and and they do that they need sulfate to do that. They need something called heparin sulfate, which is really crucial within the cerebral spinal fluid. So heparin sulfate deficiency in the cerebral spinal fluid is associated with autism, human autism, but also with multiple mouse studies of autism. They show heparin sulfate deficiency in the cerebral spinal fluid in the brain. And I think that's due to a defective melatonin sulfate delivery system from the pineal gland. Uh, which, of course, is also disrupted. Sleep goes with that, and you have an epidemic and sleep disorder exactly in step with the rise in the use of glyphosate on core crops. You've, you've described this so well, and we're going to carry the conversation forward in the next segment. And for those of you who have just tuned in with us, you're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, and we're talking with Dr. Stephanie Seneff, and we're talking about root causes of many health conditions that are increasing today. Please stay with us, folks. We will be right back after this break. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. 7 Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. 
Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living. On 1500 AM, we're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda. I'm Dana Lake for your host for the hour, and I alternate this show with Dr. Kevin Pissarro. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 AM, and you can tune in next week for Kevin's interesting interview on nutrition. Now, today, our guest is Dr. Stephanie Seneff, Senior Research Scientist at MIT Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory in Cambridge, Massachusetts. She's a prolific author of many science peer-reviewed journal papers over the past few years, and she talks about toxins and what they're doing to us and um, micronutrient deficiencies, we're going to expand that discussion and talk about the mouse model we have, the mouse models for autism, and the importance of the gut. This is really important information. So can you uh, carry on that discussion, Dr. Seneff? Absolutely. And in fact, it's interesting because with autism, as I was looking at autism back 10 years ago and I was exploring different you know, reading papers and getting a sense of the clinicians, the notion that autism was connected to gut dysbiosis became quite clear to me. And it was at that time when I was trying to figure out what is it that's messing up the gut. I was confused by that. I sort of understood once a gut gets messed up, these things happen, you know, the brain gets leaky, you get toxins in the brain, you cause destruction. I kind of understood that pathway, but what was messing up the gut? That was a question that I was pondering when I went in for that two-hour lecture by Don Huber. And he specifically talked about glyphosate. This is the active ingredient in Roundup, which is an herbicide that you used to kill the dandelions in your yard. I hope you don't. But no, I don't. It's also all over the food supply. It's all over it. It's really scary, especially, for example, in the wheat and the barley and the sugarcane that are sprayed with glyphosate right before the harvest. Also, the uh, lentils and the uh, chickpeas and the um, garbanzo beans, those are all sprayed with um, Roundup before the harvest to kill the crop which is a time when you're going to get a lot of the glyphosate into the food chain. I think it's the reason why we have an epidemic in celiac disease today, because the wheat is contaminated with glyphosate, and that's causing it, first of all, not to get broken down. 
the wheat protein is already difficult to digest anyway, but because of the disruption of the digestive enzymes by the glyphosate, the wheat doesn't get broken down. And then the wheat protein causes a reaction in the gut that causes it to open up the barriers and you get the leaky gut. And once you do that, you get these wayward proteins that are not digested going into the circulation and causing autoimmune disease through a mechanism called molecular mimicry because certain peptide sequences within those proteins that did not get digested resemble peptide sequences in certain proteins that the human body makes and the antibodies that to the wheat become confused and they start attacking the thyroid, for example. So you get all kinds of different autoimmune diseases as a consequence of proteins that your immune system decided needed to be dealt with. Your immune system memorizes those proteins and acquires these antibodies that then start attacking your tissues. This is really the basis, I think, of all these autoimmune diseases. And I consider autism to be, to some extent, an autoimmune disease as well. All the neurological diseases have an autoimmune component to them. Yes. um, Yes, they do. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, this was just, I mean, I've been learning about all this stuff since I since then, but it's really, really interesting. And we have an epidemic in not just autism, but, you know, we have chronic fatigue syndrome, we have lupus, we have this antiphospholipid syndrome, the list goes on and on. Of course, rheumatoid arthritis, um, it's just uh, your body is being attacked because of these proteins that um, <clears throat> that it doesn't recognize that are not getting digested because glyphosate disrupts the, di- the digestive enzymes. And in fact, I've been collaborating with Anthony Sampler. We've written about six, we've written six papers together and we're working on the seventh one right now, which is a real challenge. We've got so much material, and we don't know how to organize it and what to put in and what to take out. We're learning so much about the digestive system, the bioacids, the um, enzymes that are not getting um, that are getting broken by glyphosate. The the uh, pancreas produces, um, you know, the enzymes pepsin and trypsin and lipase that digest uh, fats and proteins. All of those enzymes. Anthony simply ordered them from a lab. He ordered a lab produced. Uh, versions of these of these enzymes coming from pigs and cows, or it was actually from pigs. And pigs, of course, are fed heavy doses of glyphosate in their feed. And he tested these enzymes for glyphosate, and all three of them came out with high levels of glyphosate in them. This is trypsin, pepsin, and lipase. This glyphosate is disrupting the enzyme's ability to do its job. It's causing these proteins not to get digested, and then that's causing this inflammation in the gut. And it's also glyphosate's also killing off the bacteria that are uh, specialized in managing the bile acids. So the liver produces bile acids using enzymes that glyphosate disrupts. Those are the type enzymes. So there's not enough bile acids being produced, which is messing up the digestion of the fat. And furthermore, the protein, the, um, the bile acids are conjugated with glycine and the, uh, the mi- microbes in the gut that take that glycine off end up taking glyphosate off instead because glyphosate is a glycine analog. Glyphosate is getting in, in, in the way everywhere that glycine uh, plays a role in the body. Glycine is an essential amino acid. It's the smallest amino acid, extremely important roles in many proteins. And Anthony and I believe that glyphosate is actually substituting for glycine in the protein itself. Throughout the body, wherever glyphosate goes, it can get incorporated into the protein by mistake in place of glycine. And in certain proteins, that is devastating for that protein. It doesn't work anymore. And it may also cause, cause amyloid uh, buildup, you know, you know, fold incorrectly and cause things like Alzheimer's because of the amyloid beta plaque. So it's really a disaster. Glyphosate is slowly accumulating in our bodies in small amounts from each, every time we eat glyphosate, a small percentage of it probably less than 2% of what you're eating is getting into your tissues and settling there forever. So you're slowly accumulating more and more glyphosate 
in your tissues. It's going to wreck your collagen, for example, because collagen has tons of glycine in it. Collagen gets glyphosate substituted with glycine, and then it doesn't work properly. And collagen is the most important. It's the biggest, uh, the most common protein in the body. Twenty-five percent of the body's protein is collagen. That's in the skin, in the joints, in the in the bones. It's sort of the thing that glues the tissues together. And when you get uh, that collagen messed up, you can first of all get antibodies attacking the collagen, and you can also get um, joint pain. You know, you'll get the uh, bone on bone at your joints because your collagen is not holding water properly. I mean, all these things are going to get messed up. You're going to get back pain. We have an epidemic in pain. And the epidemic in opioid drug abuse that I think is a direct consequence of glyphosate getting into the collagen and other um, molecules that are related to maintaining the joints uh, properly. Excellent, excellent presentation here. Uh, you've made a lot of connections that I think uh, others have not necessarily made, and, and this is very important. Uh, we do see in autism... Uh, a, a loss of good muscle mass or failure to develop good muscle mass. And the term is the muscles feel squishy. And mm-hmm. many of the children are very thin and pale. They may not be adept at, at climbing, riding bicycles. Uh, their gait is quite different. And we've looked at that as part of the autonomic nervous system being mm-hmm. dysfunctional. Uh, but my question always goes, why? Why is yes. that? And if well, I have a good answer. Yeah, if those cells aren't getting what they need, then right. that's the picture we're going to see. Please go into that. Yeah, well, there's a specific protein called myosin. You may know about myosin. Yes. It's a major protein in the muscles. A very interesting protein, it contracts to reduce muscle movement, so it's essential for muscle movement. Myosin has a glycine residue at at a location, 699 specifically, in in the molecule. If you take that glycine out and swap in alanine instead, which has one extra methyl group, you ruin the molecule. It only has 1% of its capacity to contract. So if you start thinking about glyphosate going into the muscle and randomly substituting for glycine in in those myosin molecules, Eventually, you're going to have several of them misbehaving, only working at 1%, and they actually get in the way of the other ones. They're sort of like, you know, uh, crippled people in the fire. They're in the way, and the people can't get past them, so there's a, it disrupts the other myosin molecules as well. As soon as you start getting random myosin molecules with that 699 location getting messed up by glyphosate, eventually you're going to get uh, muscle fatigue. You're going to get the muscle unable to be able to perform at capacity. In fact, if only 2% of the muscle myosin molecules have this defect, then the muscle itself only works at 50% capacity. So it's a nonlinear effect. So I think the myosin is getting into the muscle. I mean, the, the glyphosate is getting into the myosin protein in the muscle and disrupting its ability to contract. And I think that's also what's causing chronic fatigue syndrome. It would certainly be related. There is, uh, there is a familiarity among these chronic conditions. And... I we've referred to it uh, in the field as total load, that somebody may be able to tolerate one abnormality, two, three, but it's the straws on the camel's back. How strong is that mm-hmm. camel, and what are the straws, and how many are there? Uh, so I like the term total load, and I certainly also think that you're you're right on target here with some major triggers. 
there yes, and, so. and you have you have described those very well um a few more words on uh collagen muscles and uh, the mouse model what what didn't we cover yeah well the mouse model is really interesting uh this gets back to the gut again and i've been looking at various mouse models of autism one of them Really fascinating, very specific. They, they in, introduced a defect in the brain, specifically in the ability to make heparin sulfate. I mentioned that earlier. That was the only defect they introduced into these mice when they were born. They, they, they did some kind of toxic chemical that prevented them from making heparin sulfate in the cerebral spinal fluid. Those mice produced, reproduced all the mouse versions of the autism spectrum, you know, the antisocial and the non-vocalizations yes. and the repetitive behaviors, all of it. They did with just that one change. So that really says heparin sulfate in the brain is essential and has some, played some crucial role in autism. A second model is the BTBR model. You might have heard of that one, BTBR. It's um, really fascinating. That one it was, was produced. They don't actually, I don't think they understand the genetics of that model or how it's been happening. They got it through inbreeding. They did inbreeding of lab mice over many generations. And I don't know if they selected for an autistic prototype and then bred that. I'm not sure. But it's a, it's a long, uh, multiple generations of inbreeding of mice, lab mice, obviously being fed glyphosate in their feed. Of course, they don't say that, but to me, that's clear that they would be because the mouse feed, it's got all this GMO Roundup ready feed. So the mice were being poisoned by generation after generation with the glyphosate, which is disrupting the, the balance in the gut microbes. The, the glyphosate causes a reduction in bifidobacteria and in lactobacillus. It causes an, an increased growth of clostridia. They saw that in these mice. So there was a beautiful study that went into great detail about their gut and actually extracted, you know, material from their gut and analyzed it and found out that there was these, uh, this imbalance in the microbes. There was a deficiency in acetate and other uh, short-chain fatty acids that were not being produced by the gut microbes. And all of these things are – and there was also this issue of clostridia overgrowth and um, – and, and there was a serotonin deficiency problem. So there were all these things were showing up in these mouse guts that I can explain through glyphosate. I can explain all of them through glyphosate. And glyphosate even has papers that show acetate deficiency, papers that show bifidobacteria preferentially killed, clostridia being very hardy against glyphosate. So the whole profile of those mice and their gut exactly matches uh, what you see when you expose uh, animals to glyphosate. So it's such a beautiful match that I think I think you could take those BTBR mice and turn them around to generations by feeding them an organic diet. And I want somebody to do that. I think that does not sound like a hard experiment um, for a biochemist to go get some mice and, and to uh, feed them an organic diet, run them, get these BTBR mice, and I suspect reverse their autism or at least improve the, it a lot. So I would love to Fascinating. See that Fascinating. We're going to carry on this conversation in the final segment. If you've just tuned in, you are the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back after this break. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. 
Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Put a little more jingle in your pocket by taking advantage of Village Green Apothecary's year-end sale. From now until the end of the year, you can save 35% off Pathway Nutrition products, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Give the gift of good health to the people you care about and stock up on healthy living essentials for yourself, too. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or on the web at myvillagegreen.com. Or just give us a jingle at 301-530-0800. Welcome back, listeners, to the fourth segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm here with you today as your host, and if you tune in next Sunday at 10 a.m., you'll get to listen to Kevin Pissarro's interview on nutrition. Today, our guest is Dr. Stephanie Seneff, Senior Research Scientist at MIT's Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory, and she's developed an expertise in toxins and some of the root causes of many of the health conditions today that are on the increase. And we've talked about micronutrient deficiencies. We've talked about toxic chemicals. Uh, we also talked about the gut, uh, the mouse models for autism. And I just wanted to mention the uh, rat model for autism by Dr. McFabe, uh, exposing the rat's brains to propionic acid, something that's common in milk products and glutens and it's from the gut and he could turn off and on the symptoms of autism fascinating work and uh, I want to say Dr. Seneff you did give us a good description of the gut and the mouse models let's talk about solutions uh, that's a good good thing to cover in our last segment what do you have to yes. tell us Yes, definitely. And of course, Cindy goes into that quite a bit in the, in the book um, about how to uh, live a healthy life and, and my belief of how to live a healthy life. And I think it's crucial for a mom, a uh, pregnant woman, to be very uh, conscious of what she eats and, uh, 
and also getting lots of sunlight exposure, you know, to make sure the cholesterol sulfate is uh, supplied. It turns out cholesterol sulfate actually piles up in the placental villi at the third trimester of um, pregnancy. It, it, it goes in huge concentrations into the villi of placenta, and I think it's actually delivering cholesterol and sulfate to the fetus, which it critically needs at that point in its development. And so if that's deficient, then the fetus is going to have trouble with that last stage of development when the brain is developing a very important time to get adequate supplied cholesterol sulfate in order to be able to develop the brain properly. Um, so eating, of course, foods that are high in cholesterol, I highly encourage eating a lot of, I mean, things like oysters and um, clams and um, seafood in general, um, uh, lo- scallops, lobster, if you can afford it. <laughs> These are all really, really healthy foods. And uh, eggs are terrific, you know, um, of course, uh, organic um, Never cage. You'll buy the highest quality eggs you can find. Everything you should buy is best quality as you can find. Uh, certified organic. It is fantastic that we have a certified organic label, even though it's not necessarily glyphosate-free. People have found glyphosate in organic food, but it's usually much, much less than uh, what's found in the non-organic food. Um, when we shop, my husband and I always buy certified organic if, if um if we can't find something certified organic, we don't buy it. We're very strict. And when we shop for groceries at home, of course, when we eat out, we cheat. And you have to just either be obsessed or you have to just let it go. So sometimes we get exposed. You can't avoid it 100%. But really eating a strictly organic diet. The other thing is um, apple cider vinegar. I really recommend Bragg's Organic Apple Cider Vinegar, unfiltered. Uh, we try to have vinegar every day. Uh, what's really interesting about that product is that it has a, um, a microbe called Acetobacter, which is among the very few microbes that can actually fully metabolize glyphosate. So Acetobacter can break glyphosate down into, into nutrients that it can use to, to feed itself. Really amazing. Very few microbes are able to do that. So I think that's one of the really great health benefits of apple cider vinegar. And there are other kinds of fermented foods that also have Acetobacter. So in general, eating fermented foods, eating high uh, foods that are high in cholesterol and foods that are high in sulfur. So that includes all the seafood. The seafood gives you both the cholesterol and the sulfur. And the eggs, you the organic eggs. Um, grass-fed beef is outstanding, but don't buy KFO beef. That stuff is toxic because it's probably going to have glyphosate built into the proteins and it can cause autoimmune problems. Um, very important to eat high-quality meat uh, if you're going to eat meat. Um, and you're in Hawaii then, right now, and the coconut yes. is king. Yes, coconut is great. In fact, coconut oil is a, um, a mid. Um, it's a really uh, healthy kind of oil. It's a high saturated fat, and it's a um, a mid chain fatty acid. It's, it's in a really good length, and a length in which actually it transports sulfate to the liver. So I obsess a lot on foods that can help you carry sulfate from the gut to the liver. The liver needs lots of sulfate, and the liver will distribute it to the rest of the body. But you need that, that you need to be able to get the sulfate to the liver to keep the liver healthy, and then for the liver to be able to keep the body healthy. So very, very important to eat sulfate carriers, and that gets into the coconut oil, but also uh, many of the herbs and spices. So, um, you know, things like um, basil and coriander, all these herbs. You should really put a lot of herbs into your food. It's tasty, first of all, but um, the... Uh, Turmeric is a really, really great spice, and so we like to eat a lot of curried chicken. Um, we even buy fresh organic turmeric here in, at the farmer's market in Kauai, which is amazing. You can just put some of that into your stew or something. It's really great. Turmeric, of course, is uh, curry powder, right? It's, it's an ingredient in curry powder. Turmeric is a uh, 
fantastic health food. There's been a lot written about it. And it can transport sulfate from the gut to the liver, which is what I think is a really crucial thing to be able to do. Um, so eating a strictly organic diet, eating a lot of herbs and spices, eating a lot of sulfur-containing foods, that's not just the meats, but also cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, onions, and garlic. A garlic, you cannot get enough garlic. If you like garlic, eat tons of it. It's really, really healthy because it has a really fine form of sulfur that it provides to the body that the body can use to make sulfate. So, and of course, I said getting out in the sunlight without the sunglasses and without the sunscreen. I think sunscreen is toxic, and it's talked about a lot in the book, the issue of sunscreen being overused. Sunscreen um, often has aluminum in it as an emulsifier, and you spread the aluminum on your skin. The aluminum actually messes up your, uh, the enzyme's ability to make cholesterol sulfate. So I think you're really working against yourself when you put sunscreen all over your body. Don't use it. If you really, if you're going to burn, cover up, you know. Well, we've had uh, an expert on sunscreen talk to us about the dangers of it and that the deeper tissues get overexposed because you're not turning red. And uh, yes. when you're when you're getting that pink color, you need to get out. You've gotten enough. And uh, beyond that, when we get a sunburn, uh, vitamin D manufacturing goes down instead of up, and uh-huh. certain T cells go down. So it's and and people that came from the generation that just burned ourselves uh, knew you felt ill when you got a sunburn. Exactly, you were ill. Absolutely, and then you knew to get out of the sun because yes. you were getting red. And and we always did that when I was a kid. You know, we just became aware we were getting red and got out of the sun. So you don't want to get too much sun too fast. But if you build up a tan in the spring, you can handle the hot summer sun because of the tan. A tan is actually an excellent sunscreen. And that, I mean, that's what I always try to do is to get a tan. And then your body is not going to burn because that, the, and of course, melanin actually is a product of the shikimate pathway, which glyphosate disrupts. Glyphosate disrupts the pathway in the gut microbes that produces the aromatic amino acids. Those are precursors to the neurotransmitters, so you've got trouble with dopamine, serotonin, and melatonin, but they're also precursors to thyroid hormone and to the uh, melanin skin tanning agent. So a lot of people say, I, I don't tan. You know, I go out, I stay white. I just turn red. And I suspect that might be because they don't have enough melanin because they don't have enough of the precursor supply from the, um, from the poisoning by glyphosate. Well, very well described. We're going to have to have you back on the show for more discussions. I want to thank you for joining us, Dr. Stephanie Seneff. This has been very informative. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I also want to thank you listeners for joining us on The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM and remind you about the book by Joseph Pizzorno, The Toxin Solution, How Hidden Poisons in the Air, Water, Food, and Products We Use Are Destroying Our Health and What We Can Do to Fix It. Very important. A reminder, you can access this show or any of the previous shows through myvillagegreen.com. And as our lives move forward in the beginning of this year, I'm reminded that every day is a new day, every minute a new minute, giving us many opportunities to make positive, health-enhancing choices. And please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take, it's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day.
Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.